The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Fellas! Much different than the game after we were 8-3 and three last year. I don't think there's a soul in here that's surprised. That was, that's just cool as the way we come to play football. I'm just so proud of how we operate. Off the win. We talked about it. Right? We win this. We put ourselves in a better position. You guys did that. You train. You push to the end. We put ourselves in a better position. Now what we do? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Right? Nobody's satisfied. We're not satisfied. We keep going. I'll tell you what now. I'm so excited about, about the men in this room. Because guess what? We just kept fighting. And fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. Guess what? Came out on top at the end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what it's about, right? You guys are doing a hell of a job, but we got to keep going. I got one game. Both teams are good. Sam and Florida. Week 13, come and gone, but for one game that will allocate maybe 45 seconds to preview later. It was an eventful 13th Sunday. It was a lucky 13th Sunday for half the teams that played. It was not lucky for the other half. <laughs> I was wondering, who, who was lucky? <laughs> the people who won, Yeah, right? right? And the <laughs> people right. who lost were not. <laughs> there was died. so much that happened. High-level analysis. Some were lucky, some were not. So... There's so much we can talk about. This yeah. is one of those days where we could go in so many different directions. We have a plan somewhere. I've yet to access the document because what I do when I get here is I've got a couple of things I try to things, get done. Obviously, well, other than look at the document. I posted, I posted <laughs> right. an item that You're has. You're away usually when I walk in here. And you were a little bit late. I was I starting was. to get nervous. I was yeah. starting to wonder, is Chris like asleep? And am I going to have to carry this until he gets here from his palatial estate, which is roughly... 10 minutes away? Yeah, 20 minutes, yeah. Wow. Right well, there. 10 minutes based on yeah. the way you drive. Well, yeah, 10 minutes and then a bunch of bullcrap lights that you got to get through through Stanford that take another 10 minutes to get through, basically. Those like damn bullcrap bull traffic lights yeah. aimed at an orderly flow of vehicles right. so they don't How crash into that? each other. How dare they do that? 
So you got here a little bit late. I try to post. I do have the document, by the way. Courtney's trying to help me out. I do have the document. I've I've finally accessed Thanks. it. Thanks I, for being a pro. I Thanks posted for being a pro. the video from the gathering we do at the desk after right. halftime. I posted an item on Ron Rivera to the chagrin of Matthew Barry and other commanders fans safe still safe yeah even though this is the perfect weekend to make a change by week late by perfect time to do it 45 points 45 points two straight games 90 points in two games yeah the plan to cover Tyree kill was just put anybody on (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) he didn't know that good what the heck maybe he maybe they won't notice he's single covered but uh, anyway we'll be talking about uh probably the Dolphins game at some point coming up we're trying to cram as much as we can from yesterday and what makes it easier is six teams were off so, only 13 games this weekend, right. and uh, we already had Thursday night. We got one tonight, so that was, do the math, carry the one, 11 games in all yesterday. So, uh, let's get to it. Everything okay? I feel like we, we need to waste a little time just because we always do, I know, but there's I no know. topic. I didn't have any crazy dream yeah, about you okay, bullying thank people God. in high good. school you had a good night for president. Sleep. Right. No I didn't have a good night's sleep. No hospital visits. Yeah. No, no, don't don't put that evil on me. <laughs> Three weeks until Christmas. Right. So that's – I remember when I was a kid, they always put in the newspaper, there was a little Snoopy cartoon, a little Peanuts cartoon that yeah. reminded you of how many shopping days until Christmas, just right. to add to your stress, the countdown. So not that I cared when I was a kid, because for me it was just, all right, how long until Christmas? And it's the fourth today. Like, for me, it was always the the fifth – was kind of like, all right, we're getting there. The 10th was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, right. here we go. Oh, the 15th the was when it when it turned, and the 20th was like, oh, man, it's, it's just it's, cookies, yeah. hot chocolate, and wait for Santa. Right. I just – I and, and it was like you wish your life away when you're a kid because you just want your stuff. You want to be older, you know, yeah, all, yeah. This, you know yeah. all this stuff. Right? Now you give anything to go back yeah, to Yeah, you're that. like, damn, slow down, life. Yeah. I mean, geez, can I go back and reverse? You're uh, dealing with that now, I know, as your kids just kind of rocket through the teens and toward am. the 20s, and I, then it'll be toward the 30s. Just oh, wait. They're pain-in-the-ass teenagers right now, though, I could tell you that. Like, So I did have a little bit of like a Christmas weekend, right, where Saturday – we, my mom and Wendy, they come up over to the house. What do you want to say? I've just been there. I just know they're doing all the stuff while you're just standing there smiling. Big smile, eyes about that far a open. A little squinty. Yeah. That, that, was, that was the look on Saturday, right? So we do a good little day of like, oh, we're going to decorate the tree. My mom wants to come up with Aunt Wendy. The tree's up, but we haven't decorated yet, right? So we're going to do that. And, of course, we go to lunch, and I'm excited for the day because I'm like, in my household, I'm Clark W. Grizzly. Wall, really for the holidays I, I have a t-shirt that I put on right because I'm all about you know I want things to be perfect and I want it to be decorated and I just like I'm a little bit like that so I've kind of embraced the Clark W role there from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation but uh so yeah I'm excited for the day on Saturday I tell my kids hey you know, my, you know, Didi, my my mom and my aunt Wendy, they're coming up. We're gonna decorate the tree. We're gonna have a good family day. You know, Christmas, like you said, it's around the corner. We're three weeks away right now, right? So, you know, they had one of those days where it was like, really, you know, teenagers. You're gonna be teenagers today. The day, like, I like Christmas, and it's supposed to be a good family day. And the bickering and the going back and forth. And do we gotta do this? And do I gotta sit by the tree right now? I want to go play video games. And you know, my daughter's worried about going hang out with her boyfriend. So it was like one of those nice days where I'm also gonna get home today and go, kids, you act like that again. Christmas is gonna be ruined. Like I'm gonna ruin your freaking Christmas. Cancel? Are you gonna cancel? Christmas? Uh, I'm going. Christmas Christmas is gifts, right? So that was like it was a it was a good weekend, but that kind of 
piss me off for lack of Happy a better birthday, sorry, Jesus. London. Sorry your party's so lame. <laughs> um, so damn uh, kids. Yeah, but that's yeah. I know those are teenagers. Be happy they're in the house. Right. Be happy that I they're know. and they'll come to that realization at some point. You're planting the seeds now for them to understand. 10, 15 years from now, how important the holiday is. Sure, and then, right. You know, That's right. You'll still, be up, you'll still be upset that the Christmas of 2023, the big Saturday. <laughs> the big Saturday. Putting up the tree. Not even all the alcohol and weed I could get could numb away my kids being yeah. jerks. Okay? You still tried, though. <laughs> I tried, though. I kept going, let me see. If I take one more pump, <laughs> they might be more. better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to it. Um, the big game of the day, this week's version of the game of the year, not quite as exciting as the 37-34 overtime thriller that the Eagles won over Buffalo, but layers and levels yeah. of intrigue and drama. And it looked for a little while like maybe the Eagles were going to yet again outscore and maybe outplay the 49ers. Right. But, boy, once the dam broke, that was that. And we are reminded that when they are healthy, the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now, bar none. When they are fully healthy, they would beat everyone. Agreed. Including Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs after what we saw last night and what we've seen all year. Including the best of what else is out there. Look at what the best the AFC has to offer. Yeah. Great. Yeah. But not the level of great that the 49ers can offer. They're, to me, the team that feels destined to win the Super Bowl as long as health, which is a big as long as because the way they play, yeah. it's like they don't see the connection between fighting for that extra blade of grass and somebody flying in and hitting the side of your leg and caving in your knee. No, you're, you're right. They don't even think twice about it. It's fight for every yard, inch on the field, be the most physical team on the field. Certainly agreed with you. I mean, at their best, I know that they're, they, are, they are the best team in football. I think that... You know, maybe a team like Baltimore has shown some glimmers of being, you know, not that to that level, but we've seen a few moments where we've gone, man, that, that looks like a pretty special team. We'll see if they, you know, a little too many peaks and valleys with Baltimore right now. Ooh, rematch Super you know? Bowl 47 yeah, coming, can be maybe. cool, right? Mm-hmm. Miami Dolphins are, I think, are another team you look at, even though they haven't rematch beat Super a Bowl big 19. time. Right. Hmm. And it's Shanahan versus McDaniel. That could be very interesting and intriguing just between the personal relationship there. But with you, the 49ers, that was a statement win yesterday. I mean, to go on the road – Right, Philadelphia, you lost the NFC Championship game there. You chirped all offseason that you would have won the game if Brock Purdy was healthy, right? They never really backed down from saying that even into this week and took some body blows early on, but held the Eagles to two field goals, then put a tough drive together. And like you said, the dam broke, and all of a sudden Shanahan started to get a feel for, oh, they're playing like this. And all of a sudden runs off the left tackle were gashing the Eagles for 15 yards. And Debo was open downfield, and Ayuk was open downfield. And they found Kittle underneath a few times. And it's just like once Shanahan gets in a groove like that with all his weapons and figured out how you're playing, that's why they're the best team to what you're saying. He plays them all off of each other. You know, he's got a zig for every zag. He's got checks and balances. And, yeah, they're the best team in football, Mike. And they they let everybody know in a big way yesterday. And in Philly, it goes like this. Apollo Creed, Clubber Lang, Ivan Drago, Debo Samuel. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, (laughs) at least the first Creed Balboa fight was close. Yeah. Like the rematch is the thing you always worry about with Rocky Balboa. So you got to worry about round two with right. the Eagles and the 49ers if they cross paths again. But this one was just destruction. This was this was more like the Clubber Lang first fight. Right. Where right. It's just over. It's done. Stop the fight. Down six nothing. Six straight possessions. 
the 49ers scored after they fell behind, and three total touchdowns yesterday from Debo Samuel. He, when he is yeah. 100%, right. he's hot knife through butter. He's unstoppable, man among boys. Right. Just It's a gear that they can't match. Like We can't even get close enough to grab him. His acceleration, his size. He's a wide receiver and a running back's body, as we've talked about before. You know, I think when he's fully healthy, to your point, Mike, he's as a weapon, I think only second probably to Tyreek Hill in football and what he can do for your football team. Running back, receiver, reverses, screens, passes downfield. His acceleration and physicality is is very special. And, of course, the body makeup to go along with it and how he breaks tackles and linebackers and everything else. And then the attitude to go along with it. It's Rocky chasing the chicken before <laughs> Rocky could catch the chicken, right? Yeah. I feel like a Kentucky. Fred idiot. I mean, that defense, it they, they got no chance. No, they've shown signs. You know, they've shown signs. We've seen the Eagles win games, but go, man, it's not impressive. They're, it's B-minus football for the, for the Eagles standard, and they were finding ways to win, which that is commendable for, for sure. But I think all of us, and one of the reasons I picked the 49ers as the best bet, because I just felt this is the day that ends. You're not going to get away with playing B or B-plus football and think you're going to beat the San Francisco 49ers right now, right? And I think that's the issue. The, the 49ers, not only super talented, right, super well coached on both sides of the ball, and then I think they're one of the few teams, you know, and we can, you know, a short list of teams that – doesn't have to be compromised by the Eagles' physicality, right? Like we talk about, like even last week, the Bills, the, the Eagles run the ball down the field on them for a whole drive. And then the, Eagle, the Bills got to go, well, we got to play like aggressive run defense. And then it leaves you vulnerable on the outside. The 49ers, 49ers were never compromised that way because they can just go, no, no, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, awesome D-line. You guys handle it so we can have the secondary back here and stop some of the pass game and all that. 49ers hitting on all cylinders. And like, hey, that's a... That was like a – that is a self-doubting blow, right? You know, you try to look for silver lining and losing a football game or whatever. You go, wait, we're the Eagles. We were at home, and they came in here and talked crap and then backed it up and whooped us, right? That's one where they're going to – if they play again on each other in the playoffs, the Eagles are going to go, I, can we beat them? There's going to be doubt there because of how this game shook out. You know what? We do spend way too much time together. I'm thinking the same thing, and I'm thinking the Eagles become extra vulnerable to losing the round before they would play. Uh, play right, because they're the, so obsessed the with, oh, we got to play. Or not even that. Yeah, we don't right. want to do it. Yeah. Ain't going to be <laughs> right. no rematch. Right. Don't want one. Yeah. Like, what, why do we want to go to San Francisco and have it even worse than we got it in our place? Why do we want to have to go out there? Because right now that's how it tracks. They're going to have to go out there, although they still have a one-game lead. They have to go to Dallas on Sunday night. I think the Cowboys will likely beat them on Sunday night. Don't mm. want to get ahead of ourselves. But yeah. the 49ers are opening up that opportunity to be the team that, that hosts us. And we've been there for a 49ers home playoff yeah. game. That is a tough environment well, plays, for the road team. They play well at home, too. I mean, they've only lost two games at home the last two years. You know, one this year to the Bengals, one last year to the Chiefs. Other than that, nobody beats them there in San Francisco. I go back to what the late Demarius Thomas told me after the 2014 playoffs. Right. When the Colts went to Denver and won in the divisional round. Oh, that's right. Right before yeah. the deflate gate right. weekend. There were guys on the Broncos team that did not want to play like, New oh, England. We're going to have to go to they New England. They didn't want to go to New yeah, England because right. they knew what was waiting for them in New England. And guess what? They didn't have to go to New England. Yeah. So that, you know, you get to the end of the road and you know what's coming. Like, the, the, why do we want 
to go get our asses kicked again. Why are we going through this fight with a team that really doesn't care? They're just happy to be here. Right. They're on house money. We got to get through this, and our reward is you're going to go get your ass kicked. That's going to be the biggest challenge for Nick Sirianni and the entire Eagles organization to get over as we get closer and closer to whatever this inevitable rematch would be. If it's on track to happen, do the Eagles even want? Do they want that? This is the team that has been bullying everyone, and they got bullied yesterday. That whole attitude, you know, the before the game, during the game, we see it from their fans. We deal with it. They want to be bullies on their own terms. They, do. they don't like it when anyone suggests that they get bullied. Yeah, We're right. the bullies, right. and how dare Agreed. you suggest anyone bully us? Well, you got bullied yesterday. Yeah. You got you got to taste your own medicine, and the 49ers just kicked the crap out of them, and that is going to be hard this stage of the season. Yeah. It's easier to overcome it when it happens in September yeah, or October. Hey, it's early. We were like still getting the feet underneath us. Right? right, sure. But now we're in the shades of the playoffs, and it's coming, and it happens in December in your building in the late afternoon with the lights on, and it feels like a primetime game, and everybody's watching it. And, man, it was in, that was an embarrassment for the Eagles. It's a lot – to turn around and come back from with the playoffs looming just a few weeks away. Yeah, it, it is, and you know, it, you know. First off, they've 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 answered the bell so many times, right? We, we know that they're super talented, but there's things to be concerned about. And they they found a team yesterday that knew how to expose them in in all facets. We've talked about a lot this year, where you know, teams when when you're dominating a part of the football game and you don't maximize that opportunity, you leave yourself open later on in the football game. They controlled the first quarter. Right. And you went, man, you know, they look like they're kind of having their way with the Niners a little bit. It wasn't easy, but you certainly felt like they were winning the physical battle and making all the third down conversions early on in the football game. They were doing that. And you were going, wow, I mean, this this damn Eagles team, look at them. They get held the field goals and the 49ers with the 11 play 85 yard drive that put them up seven to six and really some short passes. It looked like the Eagles were playing off coverage. Let's just work it underneath. The Eagles were worried about big plays slowly, but surely a pass to Ayuk, a little dump off to Kittle. He runs and all of a sudden that kind of started, got, got the 49ers going. And really from that point on, you kind of felt like the Eagles were reeling. I mean, that, that's what I think is the, you know, impressive part. You never felt like the Eagles' offense was going to sustain anything. Everything looked like it was hard work, and the Niners started just to systematically carve them apart in both in both areas of the football game, whether it was Brock Purdy or McCaffrey running the football. So that's where – and, and I think where it's concerning in the big picture for the Eagles, and I know we'll get back to the 49ers in a second, it's just – the Eagles' defense, that, that's where I'm disappointed. The Eagles are not as well coached on either side of the ball this year. They miss Shane Steichen. They miss Jonathan Gannon. And they got two new coordinators who are still finding their ways. They're early in their career as far as calling plays for either side of the ball there. And I think that's one of the things that's different about them. But the Eagles' defense the last few weeks, Mike, I mean, people are carving it up. This was a defense that was – top five in football a month ago. Now it's the 23rd defense in the game. I mean, it, and then you saw some of the plays yesterday. I don't care if it's the 49ers or not. Some of the space that was created by Shanahan's play design and stuff to get Debo in the middle of the field on a middle linebacker and some of the things they did throughout the game, get McCaffrey matched up with the linebacker. We talked about this last night, the stars in space. 
You know, Shanahan cracked the code somewhere around the second quarter and started to realize this is how they're playing us. I'm going to this group of plays, and we're going to start to carve them up. And that's where it became run game, run game. Oh, wait, you're overplaying the run game. Here's the reverse to Debo Samuel. Oh, you're going to man-to-man on Christian McCaffrey. We're going to take a shot down the field. What a block by Kittle there, getting two guys. And they just attacked, you know, and, and never looked back, really, after that really second quarter touchdown drive where they went up 14-6. to six. It's like that okey-doke on someone who's trying just a little too hard, right? They're just trying a little too hard. Right. We're going to come off the edge a little too hard. Yeah. We're going to crash down a little too hard. We need to be tough. We need to be rough. We need to be physical. And you overplay it. And the next thing you know, yeah, you're, you're chasing Debo Samuel into exactly the end zone. Right, right, yeah. I think there is some some of that. And the way the 49ers were playing and the Eagles are going, man, we're not used to people just systematically physically dominating us and, you know, system-wise dominating us to where, yeah, now you start to overplay. You might be a little quick on reading your keys. Wait, I got to get over to Debo. Oh, no, they're not going to Debo. They're going to the other guy. They used him as a decoy. Uh, it was a great team win by the 49ers. On the road in northeast Philadelphia type of weather, right? It's another thing that Philadelphia is going to look at and go, damn, it was kind of like in our elements and the way we'd like to play the game. And we still lost 42 to 19, right? And, uh, and 42 to 19 and, and almost felt like, you know, the 49ers took the foot off the gas somewhere in the mid fourth quarter because they knew they had the game in control. The Eagles faced the Cowboys Sunday night in Dallas on NBC and Peacock. The following Monday night, they go to Seattle which is not going to be easy because no, Seattle is getting not. desperate at this point. And Seattle acquitted themselves well on Thursday night against That's the Cowboys. Right. And then they've got, oh boy, Giants, Cardinals, Giants to end the season. Yeah, they got a nice so they've got, they've got three games they should be able to win. Right. Although with the Cardinals, you never know with the Cardinals. Don't take the Cardinals for granted. And the Giants are going to want to do everything they can to try to upend. That's, that's their bowl game. Yeah, they get right. two bowl games Let's see if 14 days apart. That's right. Let's screw things up for them. So the, the other issue that could have screwed things up for the Eagles last night Jalen Hurts left for the full concussion evaluation. Usually what they do now, they take the guy into the blue tent for the, the mini evaluation. Right. And if there's anything that they see that gives them pause, they take him in all the way in to the right. locker room. And it's a longer process. And this is where I think the NFL struggles with the in-game concussion protocol. You don't want to have a key player gone for 15 minutes of real time missing the game while wow, the team needs him. He didn't miss a lot of time, but he did miss some time. He came back in the fourth quarter. And you could argue that by the time they put him back in, do you really need to put him back yeah, in? Do you was, really need to? Yeah. Why don't you just – but they, they, you know, they don't want to concede. They don't want to throw the towel right. to keep using the Rocky, even though they should have thrown the damn towel <laughs> in Rocky th- four. Yeah. Rocky four right. when, when uh, Drago got, got Apollo. It was a little late. Throw the they were a little towel. late throwing the towel, yeah. yeah. But uh, – but, by all appearances, he'll be fine. Now, you never know when symptoms are going to pop up. That's the thing with these concussions. But at least in the moment, whatever they saw, whatever gave them pause, they decided he's cleared to return to the game. He was back. He met with reporters after the game. That's usually something, it's always something that doesn't happen if you've got any type of, of concussion symptoms. But now we just have to wait and see because you never know when a guy's going to wake up. Now, yeah, now right. will Jalen Hurts ever tell anybody? If he has concussion, I symptoms. was surprised it got to this point because I was like, you know, what did the they see? Yeah, hit? what did they see that caused him? And it's not exactly. the hit. They say it's the aftermath of the hit. Yeah. So there must have been something right. when he got up or when he went to the sidelines right. that made someone say, "Hang well, on, you're hang a little on. woozy. Yeah. You're not all there." Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know because we were watching the game and we couldn't hear. 
you know, the announcers at that part of the game because we were getting ready to the show. But we were watching and we're going, wait, what, what is what is hurt with him? Is it his leg? Did his leg get caught? Because, you know, we've seen Jalen Hurts. He's a physical quarterback. He's, you know, he's built like a running back in a lot of ways. And we've seen him certainly take bigger shots than that. But, yeah, sometimes with those head injuries, you just get caught the wrong way. The neck gets turned the wrong way. And that can cause concussion or lightheadedness or whatever you want to uh, ultimately call it. Uh, but either way, yeah, that, that, that was a little bit of a Debbie Downer of the football game. But it did happen at a point in the game where you went, the 49ers are clearly in control here. I don't know if it would have made a huge difference to have Jalen Hurts in there. And he only missed, what, half of one drive when it all came down to it? Yeah. Right? And he jumped in right after Mariota converted a, a tush push on fourth down. That was very close. The 49ers actually came close to stopping that one. Uh, but, yeah, it became work for the Eagles. And, you know, I'll be interested to watch the film, too, because, I mean, couldn't run the football, right, traditionally, like with the running back or do any of that, the Eagles. And then I know we sat there early on in the football game and went, man, look at the Eagles O-line. They're protecting Hurts. They had time, right? But there obviously was nobody open. So there was a lot of times where he was looking and patting and sitting there and he was comfortable in the pocket. And, you know, obviously the 49ers were all over some of the schemes they had down the field and he couldn't find anybody. And they just it took them a long time to get in any rhythm again after those first two drives. There was a strange moment in the second half that we witnessed in the makeup room as we were getting ready to come out here. And we had to put the game on so we could get the audio. I was like, what the hell is going on here? There was a tackle by the sideline. Dre Greenlaw, the 49ers linebacker, tackled Devontae Smith, the Eagles receiver, at the Philadelphia sideline. Right. And threw him down hard. Yep. Right. Got a penalty. Right. Wasn't crazy hard there, right? But yeah, I started yelling to you. I was like, "Oh man, there was a fight!" And I was like, "Somebody on the Eagles sideline put their hand on one of the players." Well, and that's what happened. Dom DeSandro, the director of security, and folks, that doesn't mean that you're there to break up fights during a game. That's not what the security. You're not the bouncer in game. Yeah, you're not there to push away players from the other team. So Dom DeSandro, who's been with the team since 1999, gets involved. There was a little bit of a glancing blow there. As Peter King described that he put shaving cream on the face (laughs) of Dom DeSandro. But it was enough of a fist toward the face that made a little contact to get Dre Greenlaw ejected from the game. And as that was happening, we were saying, like, well, what about the other guy? The other guy, what were they doing with him? He was ejected as well. Walt Anderson explained last night he wasn't penalized. All for pro it. linebacker gets cut, gets kicked off the get off the yeah. field. It's a great trade. Yeah, right. So Security guard I'll take who has that no every effect. Game. Right, exactly. A guy who has no impact whatsoever on right. the game itself is sacrificed in exchange for an all pro linebacker. Right, right. Sign me up for that any day of the week, and that's why. And you know, there's there's and and this is this is and, and I love you Eagles fans. I love your passion. I love the fact that you're always behind your team. Never change. I can take it. I can take the smoke. I can take the heat. But at the same time, we've got to be realistic. There is no way that the league is not going to come down on the Eagles for this. Definitely. There is no Agreed. way there isn't going to be Agreed. a major penalty for the Eagles and for Dom DeSandro. You cannot do this. You cannot have this. People who are not part of the game no, that's right. cannot be insinuating themselves into the physical scrum. That's right. You can't do it. It's a bright line that can't be crossed. The Eagles are going to be punished DeSandro is going to be punished. I, my first thought was, wait a minute, the, the, the kid that gave Tyreek Hill the phone gets his credential revoked for the rest of the year, 
and Big Dom is going to be there the rest of the year on the sideline yeah, after this happens. Fair point. He should be gone too for the yeah. rest of the year. Yeah, that's I, not the Eagles' space. They don't own that space. The NFL owns that space. Right. They decide who's down there. And I was getting text messages from people saying. You know, this is a broader issue of why in the hell are there so many people on the sideline anyway? Exactly right. What are all these people there for? Yeah, why do yeah. they need to be there? Sure. You don't need to be there. The officials keep the peace during the game. Nick Sirianni doesn't need his bodyguard. No coach needs his bodyguard on the sideline with him during the game. Other, you know, and I know part of it is, you know, yeah. we're, 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 we're the bullies. But when the bully starts to try to bully a player and get involved and put hands on a player, even though nothing bad happened – you got to nip that in the bud because strategically, it is a great trade. You'll gladly give up <laughs> right. one of your non-coaches for a great player from the yeah, other team. A really good middle line. Go ahead, stick your chin out there. Go ahead and hit me. Come yeah, on, yeah, come on, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And you know, all sorts of stuff being said. It reminded me of last year when Bruce Arians, when he wasn't coaching the Buccaneers, was on the sidelines stirring it up with, with Mike Lattimore Evans and Marshawn and Lattimore. Yeah, and they right, got him. Right. They, what happened? Get your ass off yeah. the sideline. Yeah, back up in the booth. Right. Yeah. Uh, not a good look for the Eagles there. Definitely not. You know, a weird play. And again, we couldn't hear everything there. Where first off, I mean, the Dre Greenlaw tackle, I didn't think was that crazy egregious. That I was a little surprised a flag even got thrown at that moment. Right. I know we've seen people who get suplexes get flagged before. This wasn't like a crazy suplex. He didn't like lift them up all out of the air. So I didn't know necessarily think a flag was totally warranted there. But we've met Dom DeSandra before. I've known him for a long time. He's an awesome guy. I love him. I really do. You know, and he's Nick Sirianni's right-hand man. It's more than just a bodyguard. It's almost like a personal assistant. But this is a no-no in the NFL. This ain't your fight, Dom, or any security guy that works for a football team on the sideline. It ain't your fight. You're not suiting up. There's nothing you can do about it. So don't get involved on the sideline. It's unprofessional by the Eagles there in this situation. And you're right. This is something where I think the NFL will probably come down kind of hard on them or certainly send a warning shot Got across to. the bow to everybody to go, you, you can't let people that are not involved in the game start getting physically involved in the football game, right? He's going to put his hand he, – he put his hands on Dre Greenlaw first, right? And that's a big no-no in the football world, especially, yes, like I said, when you're not between the lines in the fight. Uh, because, you know, the player knows, I can't do anything to you, but here you are going to put your hands on me. That's not fair, and we know if the fight was fair how that would go down. That is the job of the officials. He tried to do what officials are there to do, to separate players. Right. And when he got in there, and I think Greenlaw Separate just— Separated him and started calling it bullshit oh, and yeah, saying yeah, that's yeah, bull. Yeah, you know, sorry, you. sorry, Thank Liverpool, you. sorry, but, London. But, but, I mean, I think Greenlaw just reacted like— just yeah, your like, what basic are you? human defense. Like you're in a spot where somebody is there who shouldn't be there. Right. Who and is you're pushing putting my you. hands on you, me and what, telling me. Right. How, do you, how do you not – like I'm, I'm not condoning it. Not that right. he punched him in the face, but it's just the natural yeah, reaction. Like he's like, I want to punch going you, on? but I can't, so like, let me just flick like, you in the what face. Is, what right. is this guy who isn't an official, right. who isn't a player doing touching me yeah. in this setting? Yeah. It's like, have I lost my freaking mind here? So Nick Sirianni apologized on the field after the game to Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan went berserk. Here's Shanahan. Yeah, yeah. And here's <laughs> he Shanahan explaining after he calmed down. Would have loved to have been able to play the sound of when he oh, was. I, 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 could, I could play There'd it for you. There'd be a few bleeps. <laughs> I know how he talks. Here's, here's what <laughs> Shanahan had to say after the game. Oh, yeah. That's why I tried my hardest not to lose my mind. Hopefully I didn't embarrass myself too bad. Um, but, yeah, once I – I didn't get to see it all from where I'm at, but when I start hearing people explain it to me and stuff and um, – 
I just can't believe someone not involved in a football game um, can taunt our players like that and put their hands in our guy's face. And um, from what I was told, um, Dre did it back to him. And I was told that he kind of mashed him in the face a little bit, so he got ejected. But um, it was a... It was a very frustrating play. I got to watch it to have a true opinion on it, but um, I loved how we rallied after it. Yeah, and and that's the thing. To the extent that that moment was going to help anybody, it helped the 49ers. It, yeah, right. Because how do you not feel like you got screwed by that? And it really, and this is, it. Look, this isn't about punishing the Eagles. This is about deterring other teams. Yeah, it's because be you're always thing. looking for an edge. Yeah, you're always looking for an advantage. This is the Belichick way. Belichick would look at this, assuming he had the players in the team for it to even make a difference. But you look at it and say, "Hey, you, this is this is just this is just a, an arrow to put in the quiver along with all the others. This is something we could do. This is something that could just kind of naturally happen right. when the opportunity arises. Yep. This is a way to get one of their best players out of the game. They're gone, and I'll gladly give up Burge or whoever yeah, right. whoever the guy right. would be that that in, that instigates." Right and draws a, a glancing blow to the face, and that guy gets ejected. And isn't it amazing? Like, I wonder – I got many questions about the officiating function and the NFL's direct involvement in it. Why did they eject J- Dre Greenlaw for that? Remember earlier this year when Trent Williams punched that guy in the face in the Thursday night 49 Giants game, yeah. and they didn't eject him. Remember the Tuesday, uh, the, the excuse me, the week two but Monday night game. I guess that was game. a player, so they felt uh, well, that looked better. Well, I don't even well, know. Remember when Deshaun Watson blew a gasket and was like sho- shoved an official out of his way, and they're like, "Oh, that's fine, Steelers, that's fine." Right. So why is Greenlaw ejected for this glancing blow off the face of Dom DeSandro? Now they did eject DeSandro. Too too, but it was just a big mess. And Walt Anderson explained last night they couldn't penalize DeSandro because because the officials at the game didn't penalize him, so you can't drop the flag or tell them to drop the flag from 345 Park Avenue. Which is another reason mess. why they can't let it happen anymore. Uh, they can't you, happen. You've got, yeah, and, and that's, that's, I think, by the middle of the week, and I'm trying to find out what the procedure is. It's not the normal player disciplinary procedure. There are other people involved at 345 Park Avenue, but I, you can't have that. It was it was fun. Yeah. It was different. Right. It was exciting. It's given us something to talk about, but you can't have that because you cannot create any sort of temptation that a team would trade someone who is of no consequence whatsoever to the game for someone who is. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's right. Uh, the bottom line, it's, it's a no-no in the NFL bylaws. Like You know that uh, when you're a personnel person or not playing in the game and you're on the sidelines. Geez, even the, the backup quarterback and guys they know that aren't supposed to be playing in the game, you know, you, you know your place. Hey, let the guys fight it out who are playing on the field and in, in the midst of the battle. Don't, you know. Don't we don't need any guys on the sidelines jumping in and getting involved in something they really are going to have no say in when it's all said and done. And like you said, it's hard to officiate that. It's hard enough officiating the guys on the field, let alone, you know, now it's people all dressed the same on the sidelines. You don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, not a good look for the Eagles. They'll get it right. The Eagles are top notch. Dom DeSandro is a great guy. He is one of my favorite coach personal security guys in football. Uh, so I know he's probably embarrassed by about it a little. Sirianni's a stand-up guy. The Eagles are a top-notch organization. It was a bad. It was a tough night, like we said. You know they're not used to being bullied, and they were getting bullied. And there was issues, and we know there was even a little scuffle before the game. You know that that of course you know uh, got some attention there too. But when it, when it was all said and done on the field, the 49ers won that scuffle. And really, any facet you want to talk about. 
running the ball, boom. Yep, they win that battle. Passing the ball, efficiency, big plays in the pass game. You know, everything you look at. The game went on. The 49ers started the game 0 for 2 on third down, right? From that point on, they went 8 for 9, right? So uh, the, the game really after those first two drives was a 49er domination effort that we've seen nobody do to the Eagles over the last two years. And that's where we come back to the point of what you're saying. I don't think there's any doubt that right now, if you made me throw down money, the 49ers are the best team in football. They have the most talent. They seem to be the team that's also the most driven to go get the Super Bowl trophy and hungry and mad that they've come up short in the NFC Championship game two years in a row. They got a lot of things that I think are affecting their positive mojo they got working right now. And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if we don't see the 49ers, at least in the NFC Championship, when it's all said and done. Unless the injuries in their path, uh-huh. as they keep going all out, pedal to the metal, right, you get Christian McCaffrey and or Debo Samuel and or Trent Williams and or Brock Purdy and or Dre Greenlaw and or Nick Bosa. Two, three of those guys is enough to open the door. Yes. But right. maybe even then, maybe they've done it a few times. They weathered that storm. They lost three games in a row. Maybe they learned from it. I don't know. They do feel like they are hitting their stride. They're determined. They're driven. They're motivated. They want to finish the business that they've been involved in since 2019 where they've gotten close, but they haven't gotten it done. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Both Super Bowl participants from February scored 19 points exactly on Sunday and both lost the Chiefs last night. And, you know, we, we, we did it last week where everybody picked the Ravens to win and they managed got to hold close. on and not lose to the Chargers. Last night across the board, everybody on Football Night in America picked the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. It's amazing. And Jordan Love first-year quarterback, fourth-year in the wrong, league. He? He, he said he's had this game circled. I mean, we were laughing about some of the voices back in August saying he can't play. Right. He stinks. Right. All this and that. And it looked like it was going to bear it out yeah, at one point this, this season. Yeah, there was a part this year you were going, oh, man. But, you know, and 
this is one of the points I keep coming back to. We get caught up in fantasy football concepts with moving parts around, moving pieces around. We don't think about the human impact. Yeah. Jordan Love, the only guy I continue to feel badly for in this entire Green Bay soap opera cluster fudge where Aaron Rodgers versus the front office and Matt LaFleur signed on. He knew what he was getting into when he took that job. Jordan Love's the only one that had no choice. Right. Jordan Love had to sit for three years. And now, Jordan Love, go follow the legend. Yeah. Go, go prove us right. Go carry this burden on behalf of the entire organization to show that we did the right thing, even though you've never volunteered for that and shouldn't be expected to do it. And it took a little while to get there, but now Jordan Love is playing well. And the Packers are contenders. The Packers are 6-6. Six and six. The Packers are a pain in the butt. And then some. I mean, they beat the Lions and Chiefs in back-to-back weeks in standalone games. To do, And the Chiefs, it's not like the Chiefs are coasting. The Chiefs are in a fight for the one seed. They may have to play a playoff game on the road for the first time ever with Patrick Mahomes as the starting quarterback. And the Packers, the Packers are for real, and they just would not go away. They took every punch the Chiefs had to offer, and even when it felt inevitable, yeah. and here comes Patrick, right. here it comes, they still they make kept the fighting yeah. back. That's right. They're a talented football team. They are. They're young. They got a quarterback, like you said, who had to deal with a lot and was finding his way. You know, started off the year okay. You went, okay, things look pretty good. And then, you know, teams figured out how they were playing, and he hit a major lull, and the offense had a major lull. And you went, man, they're really managing him and being careful, and the training wheels are on, and there's no way they're going to be able to win football games playing like this, you know, with this type of quarterback play and how much they're protecting him. But about a month ago, they came away, I think, and just started going, we got to just open up the playbook. And either he sinks or swims, and he's been swimming. A whole lot. And I think that's the most impressive thing. You know, I, I look at it and go, you know, Jordan Love won. The physical ability starting to show. The team and the P- Packers physical ability is starting to show. And there's things that are really tangible for, you know, teams in the NFC to say, watch out for Green Bay. You know, one, though you're seeing the Matt LaFleur offense a little bit. And Collinsworth hit on this a little bit last night, but, but I totally agreed with him. You know, you're seeing more movement and creative formations because he's not having to bow down to Rodgers who doesn't like motion and just wants to line up in the same formation so he can see where the defense goes and go from there. But this way they're playing is way harder on a defense than what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do at the line of scrimmage to throw, you know, a six-yard slant. They're attacking right now. I mean, you watch their playbook, whether that highlight we just showed, the fourth and one, where they throw a deep pass down the field, right? I mean, they're aggressive. We kind of hit on this last week. This was a dangerous matchup. It's one in our picks podcast where I said, I'm going to take the Chiefs, but this is one they should be scared about. They play man-to-man. They're in your face. And the way the Packers play aggressively on offense right now and throwing the ball down the field with these guys they got a receiver – you know, they're a handful that way. This might have been the play of the game right here, really. 14-12, you felt like the Chiefs were getting back momentum in the football game. You go, man, if they get a stop, Mahomes and them are going to go down and score, and they're going to start controlling this football game. Next level throw by Jordan Love. Who needs the brotherly shove when you trust Jordan Love oh, to make the look back at you, foot rhyming. throw? I know, back foot throw I didn't on even fourth mean and to one. Rhyme. You did, you rhymed. Look at that. And then this throw right there, first of all, I mean, guts galore throwing that ball with the coverage, but then putting the ball in a spot where you go, hey, high, high, you know, high in the back of the end zone is a safe spot. Christian Watson can go get it. 
And that's what we're seeing from Jordan Love. We're seeing him make systematical plays, and then we're seeing him make a few plays every game right now where you just go, man, there was nothing there. Or that was a tight window, and that was a high-level throw. They're running the ball a little bit. Like, watch out for Green Bay. Green Bay has got a lot of talent on both sides of the football. And the Chiefs, who we saw just two weeks ago, bully the Philadelphia Eagles to an extent and, and lose a game that they should have won and dropping the ball and all that. You know, here they are, they play Green Bay. And Green Bay stood right toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs and gave them all they could handle and more and pulled off the win at home. And, yeah, Green Bay is a team that I go watch out here down the stretch because they could be a – an upsetter in the oh, absolutely. playoffs. Absolutely. Right. Right. They have a game at Minnesota on New Year's Eve on yeah. NBC and Peacock, and that was one of those games that for a big chunk of the season, people were like, like uh, oh, God, how are yeah. we going to get out of that yeah. one? Yeah. Now, now it's starting to look really good. Now it's right. a pretty damn good game. That's and right. The, the Packers are the hot team now. The Vikings had been the hot team. Both are exactly 6-6 six and six with five games left, and they have that date coming up Packers on December Packers ruin your New Year's. I mean, that's to be great. I've already accepted. Oh, here it goes. Dr. Doom, was, I've already here, accepted. We're going to lose. Here's how bad it's gotten lately. <laughs> I was relieved that the Vikings didn't play yesterday, so I didn't have to listen to you. So I didn't Thank have good. to listen to you back right. there. And it's funny. You always look for somebody to give a hard time yeah. to. You found the guy. Uh, Brandon, Brandon, the guy who last, never says yeah. a word, right. but he's, he's my the Eagles buddy. fan. He's my Eagles so fan. So you were giving it to him. You just got to find somebody to give it, it to in right. a situation I'm like sorry. that. I'm sorry. I'm from Jersey, all right? I got to talk <laughs> some trash and put some people down when it comes to competitive You'd sports. You'd be dumb to Sandro if you were down there on the <laughs> sideline getting yourself be. in the middle. I probably would be. You're right. And eventually, I'd probably get my ass kicked by one of those <laughs> players for doing something I shouldn't so do. So the last <laughs> drive of the game, and look, even – and, and – we, we criticize the officiating specifically. I try not to do it generally. Yeah. We try to look for specific things. Right. I don't like the knee-jerk, the officiating stinks. Give me specific reasons why you think it stinks. And one of the battles I try to fight on behalf of the NFL all the time, but at some point, NFL, I'm just going to quit trying to fight it. You're going to have to fight it yourself. The whole idea that stuff is rigged. Yeah. I tell people all the time, it's not. It's just incompetence. Yeah. It's not intentional. It's just incompetence. And they're not competent enough to rig it. There's kind of an insult buried in my defense of the NFL. I, I, think that's fair I don't believe they would be able to pull it off if they were trying to rig right, it. Right, right. Now, that said, that drive last night, there were some calls that, was crazy that calls were like, what the, the hell? What the hell? And, and how many times have we sat in those preseason meetings with the NFL and the question comes up about why the quarterbacks aren't treated like running backs when they become runners? And there was like, oh, that's going to change. That's going to change. Once the quarterback sheds the protections of a passer right. and becomes a it's runner, the he gets treated like a runner. This year, we mean it. We're going to treat him like a runner this year. And I feel like they have been to a certain extent, but, and this is the broader point. This is what I was going to tell you before the show. I think because now there are so many quarterbacks who are injured. They're a little. And there are so much subpar play. They've gone the other way. I think somebody, somebody who makes the highest salary at 345 Park Avenue has issued a mandate. I don't know this. Call it fan fiction if you want, Hank. I think that somebody high up at 345 Park Avenue has told people beneath him, I don't care. I don't care. Let Lane Johnson go early every single play. What he did yesterday, the exactly. second half of the game. They had gotten away with it because right. Juwan Taylor went too far, and the pushback was, all right, 
We're going to require you to actually line up in the vicinity yeah. of the offensive line, and we're not going to let you leave early. Because Jawan Taylor last night was lined up. He was doing it again. Yeah. So all these little things where we got to protect the quarterbacks at all costs, up to and including throwing a flag for a late hit when it wasn't even it was in close. bounds. Right? It was in bounds. Clearly. It wasn't helmet to helmet. It wasn't a violation. It was just we must protect 15 in red and white at all costs. That's all it was. He didn't even try to sell it all that hard. He didn't do the Josh Allen throw his head no, back. No, this is a real hit. I mean, he look at what he does to 34 here. I mean, he goes backwards. Mahomes is a thick dude. That was a pretty big collision. When I saw it, I went, whoa, right? Clearly inbounds. Clearly not the right call. How can you call that? Embarrassing. It's embarrassing, embarrassing. is right. It's the NFL. NFL. Embarrassing. And the star quarterback, yes, I know he's the face of our league, but he was in bounds. What do you want the defenders to do? Then to me, that was the start or the ripple effect of like total dysfunction towards the end here, right? Because then I think this starts to get to makeup calls too. And that's where you get into the pass interference. You mean, was that pass interference or manslaughter well, in the middle of the field? I mean, you tell well, me. I, I mean, I, I joked after it happened. Maybe the officials just assumed he was going to drop it anyway. <laughs> but, but, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and this was the makeup call. This is, I that's mean, what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah. It felt like they were trying yeah, to, oh, like, let me, we know, let's figure we this know out. We, we messed that up, so we don't want to give you a... Yeah, so we're going to... And who knows what's going through the person's mind in real time, but how do you not... What? How do you not I mean, the, the NFL? They, they, they called this right there, pass interference, oh, but he put oh his hand God. on his back. He, he alone, hit him three different ways. He puts his You're arm right. around his neck, and then he goes for a ride for four yards. Pick like, back what? Ride. That is what's going to, you know, to what you bring up all the time, and I know you hear it from coaches, and I hear it too. It's the inconsistencies of the call. The first, second, and third quarter, midway through the fourth quarter, there's 74 flags on the ground if that play happens right there. Now it's under two minutes, and manslaughter's allowed. Hey, I mean, then just tell us that, though. Let us know. Make an announcement at the two-minute warning. We're not throwing any more flags. No holds bar football. Like what, what? I mean, what? What is the point of having the referees well, out there? And and, and see, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing defenses call the bluffs on these these referees. Well, well look, I mean, Pete Carroll's complaint on Thursday was night horrible. was ridiculous yeah. because Everyone he thinks was a the Legion of Boom rules yeah. still apply. And where Dan Quinn's doing the we're same gonna, thing. We're going to go ahead and right. we're going to yeah, the, we're going to go ahead and push and shove and grab the and receiver on every play, every and play. you're not going to call it right. every play because you don't want to bog. Good the job game of the down. referees in that game. Yeah, to call it exactly. Right. And Pete Carroll, somebody must have gotten on the phone with Pete Carroll and was like, "Are you kidding me?" And every one of because your penalties by the next day, was a penalty. Yeah, right. By the next day, he was singing a different tune. But the officiating function. I wrote something about this several weeks ago. It's a combination of they're too cheap to tear it down and rebuild it. Yeah. They don't want to spend the time doing it. When you have people who are paid salary and they got enough stuff to worry about, how do you carve out the time? How do you muster the will to go against the machine? Because the machine is everything's fine. You know, we've all been in organizations at some point in our lives where we know that something maybe needs to change, but we don't know how to go about doing it because the machine is moving a certain way. Right. And to be the one to try to push back, you're an asshole for doing it. Why are you doing this? Why are you causing these problems? Why don't you just go along? You go along to get along. It's part of the culture, and it's just this, everything's fine. We don't need to do it. We're still rich. We're counting the money. It doesn't matter. No one's going to come here with subpoenas and shut us down. They'll complain about it. 
They'll huff and puff, but they aren't going to blow our house down. Yeah, right. They're gonna, that, bright, shiny object. Right. Bright, shiny object. Still watching, we can, still we can making money. Hypnotize them. The exactly. NFL. Right. They, they, and, and that, and again, people say to me, why I hate the NFL? I love the NFL. I love the NFL so much, I'm willing to say that the people who run the NFL aren't good enough, that they need to have an overhaul at 345 Park Avenue. They need to, top to bottom. When you see things like this, and there's no mechanism for change, just like you can't fire the owner. You can't fire the structure that's responsible for what we saw last night. And when we see what we saw last night, it is a symptom of a disease. And the disease is there in plain sight. That's right. And again, people get too caught up in it's rigged, it's rigged, it's rigged. No, they're incompetent. And we see the incompetence manifest itself over and over again. And until we do, and, but see, that's the thing. What are we going to do? Not watch? No. no. We're, we're going to stop covering it? No. But we are going to take advantage of this platform to say that the folks at 345 Park Avenue had better get their act together because the reckoning well, is coming in happen, some form. Right. In a monumental gonna moment, happen. you're going to get the and Saints Rams again people, or something people, like that. People think that, that I'm being chicken little when I say that eventually Congress is going to be up their ass. Oh, I don't think you're crazy about that. But it already happened in 2009 over head trauma. Congress got out the microscope and put the microscope in the spot where microscopes don't go. And what happens? Because everybody's like, well, the NFL decided on its own. No, the NFL didn't decide on its own to care about player health and safety. Congress made the NFL start caring about player health and safety. So it's got to be Congress to make the NFL start caring about this officiating issue. Because otherwise, they're just going to fold their arms and sit back. They'll deal with the criticism. That's right. Right? Maybe they'll complain about us. But. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, they, they, they're going to count their money, and they're going to keep moving. Yeah. Somebody asked me last week, because right. I'll answer questions on the plane sometimes if I'm in the mood on Twitter while we're waiting for the, the door to close and wheels up. And somebody said, well, what's the NFL going to do about the officiating problem? And I found a gif of one of those machines with the dollar bills, you know, where it's counting the money. That's all they're going to do. They're just going to keep counting the money. They don't have to do anything, so they're not going to do anything. Yeah, well, they better do something because the Grim Reaper is going to come when it comes to this subject at some point. It is. It's going to cost them in a big moment, a Super Bowl, Saints, Ram, NFC Championship, something And they're going like to act that. surprised. Uh, oh, we know. had no idea there. Well, oh, you know, oh, that's, oh, that's, that's news to me. And, and you know, you know my, my thought. The, I, the, to me, the league needs more Troy Vincents running this whole program. More people that are actually football people there's a few too many people in the nfl right now that are running the league that have no background in football and i think that's kind of crazy wait the sport is football but we're going to have people who never played football were involved in it anyway went to business school and they're going to tell all the football people how football should be played that makes no sense there is an issue and a disconnect right now between that and we're seeing that with the referee that's been the refereeing that's been inconsistent the whole year uh and that was a shame you know, uh, it really was. It was a shame to see because it would have been fun to see the theatrics at the end. But either way, kudos to Green Bay. One last point, yeah, too. And they're telling us to take a break, maybe because 345 Park Avenue is already on line one. But the last play, yeah. the Hail Mary, right. it's another example. Oh. And and I credit Chris Collins. I thought they were going out of bounds. Be, um, Valdez Scanling, he was going backwards, and they stopped the clock and let him go out of bounds. That shouldn't have happened well, That's right. That's right. another. Well, they're ma- it's the makeup for the makeup. Hey, right. there First was, it was a makeup. Then it was the, the makeup for the effect. makeup. That's what I was saying. But, but then if this. they really wanted the ultimate makeup, I, I credit Chris Collinsworth for not just game's over, let's go. Yeah. We're talking about it because so many times we see a Hail Mary try, there's blatant interference, and uh, stay tuned for your local news. See you next time. Yeah, right.
this is what drives me crazy. And they went through this when they tried to experiment with pass interference for Hail Mary calls and non-calls. They've got a different set of rules for Hail Marys that isn't in the rule book. And was that even a Hail Mary? What do you call that? It wasn't at the 50. It was a throw to the end zone from around the 30. Yeah, right. It's a last-gas play. I mean, it's kind of like you know it when you see it. Yeah. But if that was just a normal play, Definite PI, if you sure. do this second and 10 in the third quarter, you just decide you're going to throw the ball to the end zone, and it just so happens there's a cluster of bodies back there, and that happens, they're going to throw the flag. But in that, in that moment, it's, it's, just, it's fair game. There's nothing in the rule book that is crafted by the owners. This is the, the league, through its officials, taking charge of the game and writing rules that the owners didn't approve of and – and pass like they do through the normal rulemaking process. That's what bugs me about it. And, you know, they're, just, they're not going to do anything about it. They're just going to keep going. No, it, Count the money and keep going. I, it, that one, you know, Listen, it's a tough one. They need to not let egregious pass interference happen. That was borderline to me. You know, I do give a little leeway to that because there's so many bodies in one area that there is going to be some bumping and grinding, for lack of a better way to say it, right? But, yeah, that was close. I mean, Nixon – or Owens, excuse me, I mean, like two-hand pushed him before he even went up in the air. And then, of course, you know, I think Devondre Campbell kind of deliberately jumped into him to make sure he knocked him out of the play. Uh, but, yeah, we definitely weren't, you know, lacking theatrics at the end of that football game. It was inconsistent, all that. The Chiefs, though, you know, getting back to that, we know their defense has been good. They got it taken to them last night by LaFleur and Jordan Love. Good for them. And – the thing we've been talking about with the Chiefs and their offense, and you know, I know people out there have been like, oh, I'm not concerned with the Chiefs' offense. Well, are, are you concerned yet? You know, when are you going to see the concern? You know, they're trying to make it happen some different ways. Two tight ends, three tight ends, more screens, running the football. But the fact that you know, there is no systematical dressing down of the defense anymore from the Kansas City Chiefs when it comes to the pass game. And that there is no, you know, Rasheed Rice is starting to pop, but still no guy. You go, ooh, we got to get double on him or worry about him. And it's only Travis Kelsey. And even with Kelsey, he had four for 81 last night. And two of them were just, you know, again, not the offense. It was Mahomes scrambling and making a play. And then he finds Kelsey. That doesn't give me confidence to go, well, they'll be able to do that in the AFC Championship game, the Super Bowl. That's too hard to do against the really good teams. So the offensive troubles in Kansas City are tangible right now. And here they are sitting at eight and four and starting to look like they and they might not get home field advantage here for the first time in Mahomes. Unbelievable career. to right. think that the Chiefs are going to have to go on the road and between the Ravens. The Dolphins that, would I mean, have to go there. That's right. We know the, the Dolphins are a somehow different they, team they, in Somehow Miami. the Bills coming out of this bye yeah. start putting wins together. Right. And, oh, by the way, next Sunday the Bills go to Kansas City. Whoa. So the, the Chiefs, they are missing something clearly offensively. And last night the defense wasn't able to, to clean up down the, the mess for Exactly right. And now right. they've been kind of exposed a little bit. Yeah. And you got to look at some of these other teams in the AFC. We're going to look at a couple of the other teams in the AFC when we return. The Texans and the Broncos got together both at 6-5, and five, and it was the Texans' defense that stepped up and delivered the victory. We'll discuss that next on this Monday edition of PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.